Overboard, Blades in the Dark, and Exit the Game, the Sacred Temple. This is staying in. It's kickoff, lads. It's all kick. It's all kicking off. Well, not all, but you know, just just a couple of things. It's all. It's kickoff. When we're recording this, what is? It is the last game in Group D of the Euro 2020 slash 21. Uh, football championships. England are currently one nil up against uh, the Czech Republic. Don't tell me that. I'm 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 avoiding spoilers. I've got it recorded. You got it. Re- <laughs> I'm re- when we finish this podcast, I'm going to watch it. I've turned like my phone. I've put on airplane oh, no. mode. All my devices. I've shut off, so I can't know the score. <laughs> I thought I was in a safe space here. In this age that we live in, for for what is pretty much a nothing match. So. They're playing. Who did you say? Czech, Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Czech Correct. Republic. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and you're saying this is the 2020. So this is this is the delayed European 2020 football championships. So the football championships aren't named after the year. No, they are. That they're actually taking place in. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not the named in the year. This is named after the year it was meant to be taking place. Because obviously they've right. obviously paid for how many ever winners' medals, <laughs> and, and obviously all the merchandise yeah. and all the branding and all the you know the yeah. contracts signed with like they don't want to go back to Timpsons with like yeah. Coca Cola and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I've got to be honest. This all feels like it's going to be an editorial nightmare in the future. So people are going to talk about the European 2020 Football Cup, and. They will and and they will say they will have to continually say brackets actually took place in 2021. Like they're going to have to keep doing that. Will they? Will they? I think they might have to. Well, no, people aren't saying it now, Pete. People aren't going. Welcome to Wembley here at Euro 2020. It's actually 2021, and England are playing Czech Czech Republic or whatever. Like people aren't people aren't caveating their own speech now. People just know they're just like it's just called Euro 2020. Right. It's just it's just an accepted thing. So is it going to be called the Euro 2024? Yes. Yeah. Right. Because the next one will take place in 2024. Oh, so they're not pushing it back another another year. I don't nah. think so. No, no, no. Euro 2025 to give everyone a four year break because you know it's quite hard playing football. Hang on, there was a there was a little bit there was a little bit of spice just in that little last little comment by Pete. Just he just added a little level of spice onto that little comment of it's yeah it's 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 really hard playing football. Oh, I I felt it, it was spicy. So you're gonna so okay well fine. I just think that naming conventions are important, and so I think this could just be. <laughs> I I just think that we like the the rules are out the window now, aren't they? Just who cares? Should it just be the European Championships brackets the COVID one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just accept it. Euro- lean into European it. Championships, colon, the COVID years. Yeah. yeah. Just why not? Just lean into Saved it. by the bell, the college years. Oh, no. No, nothing like that. <laughs> no, nothing like that. I'm not a fan of football, but I'm less of a fan of Saved by the Bell, the college years. <laughs> I've managed to find a way to fit gaming into my very busy work slash home life um and that is to play more mobile games um because i'm not a massive kind of mobile game player i've played them in the past but not massively 
Um, yeah. So you bought a Switch. Did the logical thing. Did not buy a Switch. No. All oh, right. Um, at this point, it's more out of kind of annoying you guys uh, that I wouldn't yeah. buy a Switch more than more than anything else. Um, That's fair enough. Just get one before the new one comes out. I mean, I will eventually get a Nintendo console at some point in the future. Just depends on how old the, my little boy is when it comes when it turns around that he needs to play something. He's still playing uh, Donut County. Uh, can't get him off that game. Such a good game. He's kind of obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a mobile game, not just Donut County. Uh, I've been playing a game uh, which kind of came a little bit out of the blue, I think, as far as I'm aware, called mm. Overboard um, by Inkle. Mm. Now, Inkle, uh, you'll probably be mm. very aware, are kind of famous for their narrative kind of driven um, games. And this one, I think, I mean, from the from the reception I saw did kind of come out of the bloom. People re- weren't really expecting it. But I, I kind of, I, I saw this. It, it got some good reviews. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the plunge. It's not too much of a an expense for me. <laughs> Show off. Well, it's, it's, a four, it's $4.99. It, it wasn't, it's, it's not me buying a PS5 game new, which is like £70. Um, <laughs> for, for some, for, for some, Dan, $4.99 might be... Absolutely. Uh, a stretch. That's absolutely true. But in in comparative terms with other video games, it was it was on the more uh, affordable end of the spectrum. Yeah. Let's say. Mm. Have you played any Inkle's games before? Because we've talked about Inkle quite a lot on the on the show before. Yeah, we have. Haven't we? Um, Sorcery, Heaven's Vault, Heaven's Vault, yeah, Eighty Days, Eighty Days. Yeah, oh, I, I remember. So I do good. remember playing some of Eighty Days. I do remember playing some of that following our conversation on here. Um, but I've not played a lot of their stuff, but I did see this come. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on this because mm. every time like Inkle comes out, we talk about it on the podcast and I'm always behind the times. I've seen this here. I'm going to get on this now. So I, so I, ju- so I jumped on, I started playing it. And um, the idea of the game is it's a, it's a murder mystery um, where you play the killer. So the game literally starts uh-huh. with uh, you play, um, a lady who pushes her husband off the edge of a boat. And that's how it starts. And then the, the over the course of the game, you have around eight hours from the point you wake up the next day to basically avoid suspicion that you have killed your husband. And there are various other characters on the boat that you need to speak to. Some of them may have seen you. Some of them may have vendettas against you. And you have to try and discover all this information. And at the end of the day, in classic murder mystery fashion, there is kind of everybody is gathered in a room and an inspector talks you through what happened and who he thinks is the killer, blah, 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 all that stuff, all real classic kind of stuff. But then what happens then is you can go through it and that's really quite quick. And then the game kind of has an end point, but then takes you back to the start and kind of says, okay, let's try and do it again. Let's try and do it better. Now that you know this information, Let's see how you could play that a little bit differently. And then you play it through again mm. and it'll tell you kind of, it'll remind you, okay, you chose this last time or you did this. And what you find is that there's so much information and kind of conversations and story in this game that you don't immediately find. The first time you play it through, I spoke to two, three people briefly, didn't really get a great sense of their relationship. And then it kind of ended. After like literally like five or six times, I'm discovering kind of whole new storylines and plot themes that have happened. There's there's a whole relationship between one of the characters and my husband. There is a relationship with the captain. All this stuff kind of develops as it goes through. And it's really interesting how it's 
I've not I've not completed it yet because in order to complete it, there are a number of objectives you need to find. And I've not been able to do kind of them all in the same run through, which I would see as kind of that, that completion aspect. So what the aim of the game is you need to both get away with the murder and get the life insurance as a result. So one of the first ones I did, I got away with murder, but I did it by convincing everyone that he killed himself, which meant I couldn't get the life mm-hmm. insurance because that was a stipulation of that. So I didn't get a full kind of win. Do you know what the motive is from the beginning? That's what Because I'd, I'd find that a very interesting puzzle in itself to try and work out, well... Do I do I feel like this person should get away with it or not? So I, I've I've also been playing this, and um, the answer is no. Um, you 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 actually kind of have to discover quite a lot about the characters yourself um, to begin with, it, and and I think that's actually to its um, to its benefit. So the main character uh, that you play as, uh, you find out over time that her husband uh, maybe sympathised with the Nazis. Uh, um and uh also was like had gambling debts and like lots of you know bad things but you only find that out over time And the reason i say that's to its benefit is because obviously in terms of writing what you don't want to do is just be like okay hold up everybody uh let's let's have 10 minutes of me explaining the backstory of this character and why, why yeah so yeah i mean basically you know some of the you know some of the poorer bits of writing from uh, call of the sea and uh, so actually your first go is kind of getting to know half the characters, maybe. And then your second go, you'll be like, oh, I never met you on the, the first time round. Or at least that was my experience of it. I mean, yeah, same uh, for me. So I'm, I'm playing on the Switch and um, it's glorious. It's, it's beautifully written. And I think, I think the, the really interesting thing about it is that Having having sort of like dipped my toe in the water of making little text adventure games before, years and years and years ago, one of the things I think that is a real problem, and, and we've played them before, obviously, and talked about some of their shortcomings, but I think one of the major shortcomings is that they can often feel like you're trying to sort of psychologically criminal profile the uh, the designer and figure out what they wanted you to do. And equally, sometimes you can take you can make choices in the game in a game, uh, where you feel like maybe that wasn't really the reaction that you wanted. So a good example of this would be something like that one Team Bondi did with Rockstar. L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir, for example, where you know you, you, you make a choice and suddenly you're like, oh, no, I didn't, I, I didn't think my character would react in, in that fashion. But actually, this is a text adventure that's, that reminds me, funnily enough, of... Um, of uh, alone against uh, the dark in that it's kind of an uh, an open world in that you're on this cruise ship but you can go anywhere you want and you can do it over whatever times you like and and depending on which time it is during the day you'll meet different characters in different places and they'll have certain bits of information certain things will happen throughout the day that you can interact with and either stop encourage you know a, a good example of this would be your late husband somebody finds his jacket and the jacket is taken back to your cabin and inside the cabin at some point between two certain times someone will be inside your room in the cabin and will steal his wallet uh, or the money from his wallet just, just as an interesting point that hasn't happened to me or i haven't right. i haven't expi- the, 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 i say that because 
it's important to say that I've played it qu- through quite a few times. I've not discovered that because I've been doing other yeah. things because it is there's a time basis that throughout the day certain things are happening. People have a route that they do because obviously you're replaying the same day, so it's always going to happen the same unless you interact with it. So that's a whole new thing of okay, well, who's going to who's who's done that exactly and and the thing that i think that that does really nicely is that it reminds me of 80 days a lot in that 80 days feels like a game that you have to replay over and over again but the thing with 80 days is that it's actually like for a game you have to replay a lot lots and lots of times it's actually quite long um whereas this is like 15 20 minutes you know like like if you can you can zip through it there's a and yeah if that you know there's a there's a fast forward button that will allow you to just go through every single one of your previous choices that you've made up until a certain point then you go okay now stop okay now i want to go i want to instead of asking this question i want to ask this question and now you're caught up to where you think there's a, a a sort of like fork in the path as it were not only is it does it encourage that replayability much more, I would say, than than even 80 days. I would say it feels much more dense. The fact that they all have their own, they seemingly all have their own agendas, but also their own patterns throughout the space, it feels much more alive and much more like you want to interact with that space in a, in, in the same way that you might, you know, um, that you might feel to a, a more sort of open world kind of an environment. Does the game keep a record of what you said to others so as you're constructing this alibi do you have that as a record or is it more is it more interested in you just enjoying the ride and trying out the plurality of different options here it it is recording what you are saying because obviously those things will change the direction of the story however uh, it also records it for the next session so that's that mechanic whereby you can skip forward through through choices that you've already that, made that's really good but there isn't like a visual so there's no like text like dot doc that you can look through yeah, and go that's what i mean like a journal uh, yeah exactly yeah. yeah like not not that i've found no and 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 it the reason i think is that actually it's a very deliberate it's almost funnily enough it, it, it is a murder mystery but in some ways it's a keeping your story straight simulator yeah well, yeah, because at, at the moment I'm reading a I'm reading a murder mystery. I'm reading the the sequel to Magpie Murders, the Moonflower Murders, and like that is invariably what you know the the thing that trips up you know the killers is like under intense scrutiny. How does their story stack up? And in most cases, in most murder mysteries, the investigator relies on basically the infallibility of of human nature to find some sort of like friction to to rub up against or or slightly peel back so you know if you i guess if you had that text doc of oh this is what you said in conversations that you just had which isn't available to a normal human being i guess that would be one advantage too far um, in this instance, it wouldn't really be recreating w- what it is to be up against such a level of scrutiny as a killer. I, th- I think also, um, as, as kind of Pete mentioned, it is kind of almost like a sim of keeping your story straight. But because each kind of run through is so short, you don't need it necessarily. You don't need a text up because you there's you're not there's not enough information that you can't keep it all in your brain. But it's actually right. it's almost perfectly perfectly weighted because. 
you're not having to store too much information in your, in your kind of brain, but there's just enough that you can easily trip yourself yeah. up. It's it's it's, yeah, absolutely. it's found that exact right balance between too much and you can't keep track of it, and not enough, and it's easy to keep track of. So you you do kind of because you've got like I think it's there's only like five of the characters, but you can have multiple conversations with them where they will ask you multiple different things depending on where you saw them on the boat, depending on what time of day you saw them. All these things inflect the conversations you will have with them. And you do find yourself thinking, okay, um, what did I say? Did I? Oh, I, did I say I was downstairs, or did I say I was upstairs? Because I know this person saw me at some point, or did they see me? I'm conf-. and you do get yourself mixed up a bit, but never enough that you're completely thrown that you don't feel like you can kind of maintain that information. You kind of think, all right, next time I'll I'll get it next time because I just I pressed the wrong button or I I got it wrong that time. I th- I think one of the reasons it works so well is it is it you look at stuff like 80 Days and kind of the other things that Incorp works. One of the reasons this works is it sits in such a well-worn, comfortable, cosy um, genre of that murder mystery. And it's the big reveal at the end. You, the same thing you see in your Agatha Christie's, your Poirot, your um, Jonathan Creek. The, all the suspects get together in one room and the in the kind of the 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 super detective explains what happened to everyone and it's everybody understands and everyone is comfortable in that environment so when it just drops you into this everyone knows i completely get it and then giving you the role of the killer as opposed to the detective is a really nice twist because you're kind of unpicking everything you typically think to do when you're watching your murder mysteries how did they do that how did they do it how did they do that now you're unpicking it and saying like okay well Okay, well, I've got I've got his clothes here. Do I do I leave his clothes in his room? Do I throw them out the window? What do I do? What's the the kind of the the pattern I'm going to weave in order to get through this? Um, and I think that's one of the reasons it does just work so so well because it's just so much fun and so much so enjoyable to be a part of. So we finished our second score uh, last night uh, for the RPG. I've been running tick that's the sound of me ticking something off my Mm. new year's resolutions (laughs) for 2021 uh and um I thought I'd use this as an opportunity to talk about blades in the dark which is the RPG I chose to run after Mm. months and months of toing and froing of looking up various different RPGs online learning from yourselves in terms of running up you how you run RPGs but also we've dabbled in a few um, strangely enough, not the big one. Um, myself personally, I've not done Dungeons and Dragons, but we flirted with it. Basic yeah. fantasy role playing. Yeah. We've done Paranoia. We've done little things like Dread, mm-hmm. Honey Bear Heist that Sam ran, oh. uh, Dread as well, which we've all had a go at running. And I plumped for this one because there was something inherently interesting about what was uh, tackling what for me was one of my biggest fears with running an RPG was how to, to avoid getting stuck in a rut where a whole session will be spent devoted to something very small and little and you're not covering a lot of ground. And the whole thrust of Blades in the Dark, which comes from John Harper, who's amongst many other people, but John Harper's the principal architect of this, the game designer, but also the cartographer. That's literally a job title for them. And, and this is a game which does require a cartographer Um what I like about Blades in the Dark is that it's its focus is on cutting to the chase. And that spoke to me uh, 
first and foremost because it instantaneously lends it a very filmic kind of quality because the idea of cutting is something that's part of that part and parcel of that language of filmmaking really and for me as a games master it also allows me to kind of sidestep some of the creative problems if say for example which has happened um, not all of us in our motley crew of six and bearing in mind the game's meant to be for four can uh, are able to make it so i can find those kind of creative um i can find uh creative solutions to solving problems um and that there's there's a kind of a few worlds i suppose variants of this that use the blades in the dark um system really um there's there's one that's set in space i know pete you've been looking at lasers in the dark <laughs> no uh uh it's called scum and villainy uh, it's very much, oh, right. it's kind of it's like close. where, where you know, Blades in the Dark is kind of dishonoured. Uh, the This one is kind of like Firefly. Yeah, very much so. All right. Okay. A wild west in space. Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of sense. So um, Blades in the Dark, the one where I'm running, it's set in this world. As you say, Pete, it's very much like Dishonoured. It has it in the rule book. It has this kind of list of touchstones and it mentions... You know, games like Dishonored, Thief, TV series like Peaky Blinders, and your the your the players play as a crew, and you can decide what kind of crew you want to be, and there's a myriad of different types, and that basically ascertains what the kind of thrust of your scores are going to be. Whether you you know whether you're going to be all about thievery, um, smuggling, assassinations. Or in our case, a cult, which, to be honest, was the last one I expected uh, all of you to kind of happen upon, really. And then individually, you can kind of pick your role type. So, Pete, you are a hound, so you're big on your tracking. Dan, you're a cutter, you're good with your fists. Sam is what we call a whisper, because, yes, this is this is a kind of a dishonoured in more ways than one, because there's something quite spooky and there's a kind of a supernatural vibe to this the ghost field where spectres and phantasms roam the streets and this is a kind of a dystopic city where a thousand years ago the sun was shattered and it released all these kinds of awful ghost things and we're in this one of the last bastions of of humankind that have survived in this city that is a cross between victorian london and prague that is in perpetual darkness surrounded by these lightning towers that keep the ghost world at bay and we're a gang among many gangs and with the low we're currently at the very low low level lowest level of the rung and there are other gangs out there with higher statuses than us and we're trying to make our way as a gang by uh, increasing our reach and our rep- reputation really and trying to keep the heat off us really that's the kind of the world of it really but if there's one takeaway for me that sells this as an rpg is the flashback mechanic that, that that for me is such an elegant system where, say, for example, Dan's character uh, wants to, I don't know, crack a safe or let's go for something more interesting. They're wanting, they have to kind of infiltrate um, a fortress of some sort, let's say, for example. Dan could say, I want to call a flashback to when I went to the architect's office and I found the plans for this building so i know the best point of infiltration okay great and then dan rolls for it and the success of his role will depend on the outcome in the present 
So it may seem at first that any player could call a flashback and it, just to kind of cheat the system. Well, yes and no, that's negotiated with the GM, but ultimately they still have to roll the dice. So you could say, oh, I go back in time and I bribe that security guard to let me in. Oh, I've rolled a one. The guard is not letting me in and they're calling for backup. Oh, great. That flashback didn't help me. So there's something quite interesting about that. And many people have commented on the fact that it's it's an RPG where it's in some respects more more enjoyable to fail than it is to succeed because uh, you're kind of going at a kind of a blistering pace through it, really. Well, that's the plan either way. And we've just got to the end of our second score now, and we're about to go into a downtime phase where each of the crew members will entertain their vices, learn some new skills, and buy stuff from the market before we move on to our next one, really. So it's been really good fun for me. It's been a delight for us, I've got to say. Like, it's been so much fun to be, like, just inhabiting this world, which very clearly is, like, quite well formed in your mind. Um, and like playing these interesting different characters and having these little um, having like like we're still fairly early on right in the campaign and 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 I would say like like already there are really interesting different inter-character relationships going on which I think is really really cool Um, it definitely feels like I don't know about what you think about this as well Chris but there are certainly some RPGs which are a little bit more like mechanics first right they're a little bit more about like how do these mechanics interact with these other mechanics and therefore that's the gameplay, right? The Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition often gets uh, praised and criticised for for that in that it's essentially encounter after encountering after encounter. Um, and it's all about min-maxing and figuring out your stat lines and all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas this one feels very like fiction forward. This feels very... It's about storytelling and the mechanics kind of just try and get out the way as much as possible. I don't know if you if you agree with me on that. Yeah, I think I think that's also partly due to my kind of style as a GM, just my inexperience with kind of running RPGs, really. I think there is a world in which you could play this game where it is very pedantic and very mechanics focused. But likewise, also from reading the manual extensively it is a really thick manual the world that is built here is phenomenal in terms of i know every single gang what each gang's got going got on their plate at the moment and that kind of builds the world for me really and there's there seems to be more of an interest in just getting to the point everyone having a good time they they literally do say you know the game is is stacked in such a way that it is always to the favor of the players it's just how quickly um, it, it is before they kind of get that advantage is really up to them and the dice roll really but the game's not out to get you um, in that regard um, really so yes I do think it is about telling a good story spinning a good yarn together really and I, th- I think that you, you you mentioned the kind of the flashback um, technique that it uses and I think what that allows you to do is that in it means in most oppo- in most situations as a player there is something I can do so there might be one or two where kind of you're in such an obscure situation that my character can't really do anything here, but because you can filter, if you need, as you say, if you need to find to get into a house, you can think of something that's within your character model. Um, and I mean that both in sense of the actual character type you're using and the character you've created for yourself, kind of any kind of backstory within that. 
you can you can build that and you can create something which means you can contribute rather than rather than sitting there saying okay i'm sat in front of a locked door i don't know what to do me as the cutter the brawny guy i can't punch the door open so what can i possibly do i can do a flashback where i've stolen the keys okay that's something i could do when you play rpgs you kind of always want to do the fun thing. You always want to think of something good and you always want to think of something funny to do or cool to do or something like that. And for me, I often try and think that and I just struggle to do that. So having that flashback just widens what you're able to do and it gives you such a such a larger canvas in which to kind of create um, the, the, the kind of your character's choices um, that is really quite refreshing. And I've not used the flashback too often. Um, I, I do, there have been times where I've thought about it and I'm like, I could do a flashback here, but it's not, I can't really argue it for my character. He just, I'm, I'm doing it just purely to move the story along and that's not what it's there for. This it is there to enhance your character and, but not just for the sake of it. So I have kind of thought about it and I've kind of stepped back. And usually because we're fortunate that we do have kind of, in our, in our group anyway we have a really wide variety of players we there is always something that someone can do when you factor in that kind of flashback aspect someone can do something in that position you're not we've never been in a situation where we've all kind of been oh i don't know what to do because someone goes i know i i can do this i can do this i can do this and this gets us over that hurdle and suddenly oh now i can come into play because the door's open i can go in i can i can lead the charge if i need to and all that stuff and I think it's it's a really positive kind of thing for a group to play that no one's no one feels like they're taking the lion's share of kind of control and no one feels like they're just being pulled along. There is a sense of let's kind of work together and we'll all we'll all have our own own role to play. I think the other thing that the game encourages, and again you've encouraged as well, Chris, is uh, this is part of that wave of role playing games where the story is collaborative to some degree. And so again, like traditional RPGs uh, are much more about like, here's a story I've got, here's the world that I've been creating. And though you're not leading them directly down the, you know, down the, down the line, um, you know, often a GM has kind of got a pretty good idea of how the world works and all this kind of stuff and 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 a story that they're sort of trying to tell vaguely um to to lesser or greater degrees but with this one you know for example we've come up with the names for things like for certain objects together it's like well what was this called what's this shop called give me a name of this give me a name of that okay it's called this uh, what kind of animal is this what kind of you know and that kind of creative storytelling is actually really impressive because a it's exciting it must be very exciting for you as a gm because you've got to react pretty quickly to the to the dumb stuff that we come up with but also it's very exciting because it really engages us with the story itself like we're all building it together it's not like us trying to figure out what the story is that you want to tell and you're never being tempted down that line of, of, of railroading, um, which I think is I think is absolutely, you know, fantastic. It's, it's a testament, obviously, to your GMing, but it's also, I think, a testament to the mechanics in the game to allow us to do that kind of thing because, you know, tell me about the flashback. Like, is actually a really bold thing to ask some people. And I think actually, I think for some role-playing players... Uh, they 
you know, I think they... This isn't going to be for some people, because it actually does require quite a great deal of creativity and, uh, like, I would say, like, trust. I Like, so so you can get, like, pickup games, right? Like, on Discord or, or um, you know, in, in, in friendly local game stores and that kind of thing with strangers, where you can just play together with strangers. I don't think this is the kind of game that I would ever want to do that with, because I know that I can, like creatively trust everybody at the table to be pulling in the same direction and that's really important for this game i think because you know otherwise i think it would just kind of like stumble and fall a little bit yeah you you do i think you do kind of you do need to feel like you're in a safe space kind of thing Mm. Um, in terms of like especially kind of like coming up with different things and like if Chris needs the name of a pub and you say, okay, so-and-so give me an adjective, so-and-so give me an item, an object, and this explain why, it, why it's called this. Um, those things can kind of, and there have been times where kind of, I've kind of you asked me stuff and my brain has kind of gone, oh, God, there's something yep. there. But I quite like that it forces me to, forces me i have to come up with something you've asked me a question i have to come up with something but because you are in that safe space if i come up with something rubbish that's okay i don't feel kind of i don't feel bad that it's that it's rubbish um and that's that's i think that's really good one thing i actually want to ask you chris i know you've you've talked about having um like clocks and timers going in the background that we are we aren't aware of are there kind of do you do you have a number of storylines that you're kind of going to make uh, make available to us as players like this one is we're obviously me and peter obviously aware of this connection even though the characters aren't and you're dropping little kind of um seeds in just to 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 allow them to bloom at a later date um is that a choice that you're making in terms of putting them in or is the is the game kind of offering that up for you oh i'm not using any campaigns from the game whatsoever um what i'm doing is it's something actually strangely I learned from, it sounds a really weird thing to say, but I remember, Sam remembers this, in the interview of the Russo brothers after they did Endgame, they always talk about as writers, it's important to paint yourself into a corner. Ironically, they hadn't written that film, their writers did, but this idea that like, I just basically end, try and end every session where I put myself as a GM in a very difficult position because what <laughs> right. I don't want to be in is this position of, okay, we've done that week. Well, I can see where this is going next week. Yeah, yeah, I don't want that. I want to spend seven days of, you know, rather than staying awake at night worrying about the world, I'm spending I'm spending seven days. I've got to think. Okay, in seven days, I've got to try and <laughs> worrying about a fictional world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, what I love about this game, as I mentioned before, it gives you all the gangs in the game, the key people within each gang, what their agenda is, which gangs they're mates with, and which gangs they are enemies of, and all drama is based around conflict and what i see when i look in the book of blades in the dark is a series of really com- really spicy conflicts that i can that 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 are happening in this world and depending on the choices you make you are going to um, create further conflicts in relation to those conflicts so the story just tells itself really i just need to when i prepare i just create a series of 
I basically create a catalyst for various different conflicts to take place. Some stuff you do do, others you don't. And I just on the fly decide whether something's going to be short term, long term, mid term. What I don't try and do, and it goes back to that railroading thing, is to get too um, hung up if you've not gone where I've wanted you to go or say a person can't make a particular session and I've overplanned for that person being there. It's about saying, oh, cool, cool, brilliant. That's interesting. Okay, another corner I'm in now. This is going to be really interesting now. And it's led to some really interesting kind of narrative devices that we wouldn't have got to. So, for example, Sam, um, unfortunately, has not been able to make a few sessions. But rather than just say, um, just not making a thing out of it, we've made it part and parcel of um, his character. And so I have no idea where this is going. It's collective storytelling. But what I do have is a list of possible conflicts I want to engage with. And how we approach that as a crew is going to be the interesting thing, really. I... Uh... Do you want to know what... Uh, right, well, look, listen. <laughs> yes, yes. Any story that starts with you, Pete, that says, do you want to know about the... Yeah, that 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 face and that tone mm. makes me think there's a story here. Another chapter from the Annals of Wellington. I've bought a Fitbit. <laughs> okay. okay, which one? I've bought the Fitbit Charge 4, mm-hmm. which is the... It's not a watch, although it does act as a watch, but it's not marketed as a watch. Um, but it does do things like, you know, check your pulse. Uh, <laughs> oh, still got one. Still there. Yeah. Am I alive? It's got GPS. Cool. Where are I? Where am I? In my house. Uh, <laughs> and I've bought it. This is, this is yeah. God's honest truth. Um, I bought it to monitor my sleeping. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you take it to bed and you, you, you pop it on, and believe you me, it's only getting strapped on uh, during during bed because there's no point in me taking it anywhere else because uh, uh, I'm getting a criminally low amount of exercise at the moment. Um, it will monitor your sleep mm. and it will tell you the quality of sleep that you actually get. And it'll also give you some data around how are you sleeping? What does this mean? So I'm okay. So I, I so I'm gonna I'm gonna and I love so I'm I I I not very good at maths, but I love data, right? I love yeah, looking yeah, at love data and, and seeing how it all works. So so um so over the last few days, I'm into the high seventies okay. now. So something is out of a hundred. Um for what in terms of like quality, the best sleep you can get is a hundred. Is a hundred, okay. yeah. Like oh yeah, yeah. bang in sleep. Well done. Um your eyes are closing everything. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Had a great dream. It was brilliant. So, um, so there are what it what it gives you is information around things like okay, these are the periods of time when you were sleeping when actually you were awake. These are the times that you were sleeping where you were in REM, in light sleep, and mm-hmm. in deep sleep, and eating right. toast, and <laughs> yeah, and it's absolutely fascinating one of the things i found and i don't know whether or not you have one of these devices as well but one of the things i found is i wake up almost on the dot two o'clock in the morning every morning i do not remember doing it i i do not remember waking up at two o'clock in the morning but the thing here just says you are awake for 20 minutes at two o'clock in the morning 
Just sat bolt upright in bed, eyes open. The next, the next stage now is surely to get one of those like wildlife cameras and those night vision ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I had a, I had a, I did some sleep tracking um, for for a while. However, um, because my because my work pattern is so irregular, it's a very difficult thing to kind of get any benefit from because the because the idea of most sleep tracking is to um, what I what I always deemed it to be was to essentially maximize and like fine tune your sleep to such a degree that you're falling asleep at the right time and you're waking up at the right time. So you're not make waking up in the middle of a, a deep sleep cycle. Um, so you so you wake up feeling more refreshed and which is pretty much impossible to do when you're going to sleep at seven o'clock in one evening and then one o'clock in the morning the next night. But the app that I used to track this, very interestingly, would um, would basically turn on the microphone and record any time it um, basically when there was like increased activity and like sound. So the idea is is that if you were like, for example, to wake up or talk in your sleep. Um, you would wake up with a notification in the morning saying there's an audio recording and I used to like <laughs> I wake up in the morning and be like right yeah yeah there's an audio recording Uh-oh. from the sleep app and just like oh my god oh, no. what have I done <laughs> oh dear um, so yeah so maybe you need to um, I'll get on that you know oh yeah it'd be yeah. like Chris Nolan's memento but honestly honestly getting all of this information has been so interesting and and it's 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 been funny because I've turned you know I've I've sort of talked with with um, my partner about it, um, and um, she she'll be like oh yeah yeah you definitely wake up at two o'clock in the morning yeah yeah, yeah for sure you go for a walk yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> put the toaster on but like but <laughs> but there's honestly and and it's been genuinely genuinely fascinating to kind of like look at all of that data and see how it all works out so I'm basically well, I guess what I'm trying to say is. There's sport going on. It's the summer of sport. My big thing, my big improvement for my body is I'm going to try and get my sleep levels up to like a consistent 80. I'm going to become like an Olympic champion. But do you know how to, how, how would you do that, Pete? Do you know how you would do that? Try harder. What do you do just before bed, Pete? Obviously, yeah, you used to do the toast, but like do, you, screens, re, what, what do, you, do you just go? No, just constant, constant screens, just constant, constant, constant screens. Oh, is it so? Is it two a.m. is when the TV just goes off and just switches itself off? So it's it, it's funny, but we don't have a television in the bedroom, and I am adamant about that because I am so bad with screens that I know I would watch. My my sleep has improved like no end since we got rid of the TV in the room. Like, oh yeah. At university, I used to Family Guy had to be on. American Dad was mine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't on, I wasn't going to sleep. Yeah. Yep. And the amount of times I'd wake up to the uh, the DVD main menu, main menu of the like the Family Guy. Oh. I, saw, I saw a meme online the other day of like like kids these days with streaming will never understand the thing of waking up with the blaring music coming on from the DVD menu. <laughs> <laughs> We we've all played we've all played games in the Exit series, haven't we? We've all Big played, fan. yeah, yeah. Oh, very much so. Huge yes. fans. Escape rooms in the box, probably one of the best in the sort of genre of escape games 
um, at home that that you can do. Well, well, the games are evolving. The games are changing, which is which is quite interesting, really. I mean, I mean, they've kind of they've kind of evolved continually since they came out. Like the very early ones, like the Sunken Treasure, uh, were very very sort of linear, and you'd sort of like work through the puzzle bit by bit, going through it page by page, and then those are slowly morphed into things like um, Murder on the Orient Express, which is like a full-on murder mystery. Oh, I've got that one to. That's in my next one to play, actually. Yeah, that's a. Re- it's really, really tough, but it's exceptionally, like, um, satisfying that you've got like, basically at the end of the game. It's just like, well done, you've escaped. Who killed them? <laughs> just like, and just like, oh, oh, um, 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 yeah. That's 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 really fun. So they've kind of definitely played with the space, um, but kept things sort of within the same sort of structure. Until now, until Ooh. now, two two major changes to the exit formula. One of which I don't think is coming out in this in this country until the end of the year, and that's probably the one I'm most excited about, which is the exit the game advent calendar. So I think this was released in Germany at the end of last year, 2020, and now it's coming to uh, uh, English versions being printed for this year and that just sounds like you know an escape room spanned over the course of 24 days i will be buying that yes yeah that's going to be um really really um interesting but the other change that they've made is with the most recent collection of of the exit games is the boxes have come a little bit bigger um they're not sort of the bookshelf size they were anymore uh, they're a little bit bigger because now they contain jigsaw puzzles. Oh, Sam! <laughs> Here we go. This is this is what interests me. And the effect that this has had is that um, the games now include four jigsaw puzzles, and consequently, that has meant that the time frame that you play this game in has gone from about an hour to between two or three hours. And Cosmos kindly sent us um, uh, one of the the brand new uh, escape games. This is um, the Sacred Temple. Exit the game, the Sacred Temple. And it's taken me uh, uh, quite a while to actually sit down and play it, mainly because of that timestamp on the box. And I mean, Dan will be saying like, you know, preach uh, to the choir um because for me now to find two slash three hours to sit down and play an exit game it's exceedingly exceedingly difficult i mean it happens i have that free time and i was saying to my wife today like it would be great if whenever my son goes to sleep i know exactly how long i've got (laughs) you need to get him a fitbit that would make my whole life a lot easier because most of the time i sit there and go i don't really want to start that because he's bound to wake up and then like an hour later he's not even woken up and i've just like wasted the whole time just watching 10 minute videos on youtube it's like it's like you're explaining my life so (laughs) i know i know so, but we found ourselves in a situation where we knew we definitely had the time. Um, Hugo was um, off on a little um, sleepover. So we finally decided to sit down and play uh, this brand new escape game. And I, I think what I want to say is that it is 
an escape the game. And by that, I mean there is a just an overriding level of quality to the puzzles and the experience that continues into this game. However, I think your mileage may vary in terms of what that experience is 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 like. First of all, I think that time span is going to be enjoyable for some and not for others. I think that's a long time to be sitting down and playing a game and when you know when they release the adventure games mm. um Cosmos the the, the superb really like point and click style yeah. adventure games it's very clear within it that, that this is a game that lasts 2 to 3 hours but you can happily stop at certain points save it put it away and come back to yeah. it later there's not there's not anything that overt um that says says so in this um when we were sort of setting up this game and for me that was that was a point of um that was a little bit of a point of contention because it was kind of like right once we get into this obviously we've just got to con- we just got to continue it's a, a ball rolling down a hill like we we're not going to be able to to sort of stop and playing it um so i think for for some people that is going to be a little bit of a hurdle to get beyond because not only if you have kids or don't have kids two or three hours to be sitting down and playing one game for quite a lot of people, I think is going to be uh, a big ask. However, I can I can say that there are clear points within the within the game where you can sort of stop and uh, push it aside, and you can come back to it later on um, without having to like rely on holding on to too much information from puzzles that you've already that you've already solved. But Sam, yes, why have they added? jigsaws like like so 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 like, i get i get the I, I, the originals i like like now i'm i'm obviously willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because i think this series yeah. this is a great series yeah. um i can see why you'd have an escape room in a box i can see yes. how you would then translate that into a sort of point and click adventure kind of a thing that is kind of an escape the room but also kind of like broken sword i can see mm-hmm. how those two things work I don't really know why the addition of a, a jigsaw puzzle is now suddenly like what that actually adds to the experience. Um, so I can't talk a lot about what it adds without actually ruining okay. what it what it adds. I think we were my wife and I were a bit hot and cold on the jigsaws okay. only because my wife especially she loves jigsaws but for her they're a very very singular experience and the one thing that she hates is when i stand over her when she's doing a jigsaw and go uh, why don't you put that bit <laughs> i bet you do that all the time don't you <laughs> so so we found like the general tempo of the game very strange because it felt like at times when when you're building the jigsaws and the jigsaws almost act as the booklet in the exit game is that the idea is you're building the picture Uh. and you're building the elements that will help you solve the puzzles that are, that are upcoming basically. And in the, and in the, and in the, um, and in the sacred temple, each picture is a stage on this journey inside this this temple so you start off on the on the outside of the temple solving puzzles that let you get further inside solving puzzles that let you get further inside and etc etc so we found the the general um 
sort of pacing of the experience very up and down where we'd be spending like half an hour solving you know a jigsaw sometimes together sometimes on our own and then you solve the jigsaw and be like right now the now we've got to do a bit more puzzling and i think that's why i say your mileage may vary because for us it was like this is the first time we really sat down and played uh, a a challenging puzzle game in a while doing the jigsaw was actually felt like it burnt us out a little bit and then it was just like right now (laughs) now we've got to now we've got to do all the now we've got to do the puzzles like we just spent ages like because you don't have a picture there's no picture reference to uh solve the to to actually solve the jigsaws so you're doing it all blind you know finding the edges and 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 filling it in so there is a general complication and a thing to solve when you're doing the jigsaws so would you say obviously without kind of because we don't want to kind of go too far into what the jigsaws are because it's going to kind of spoil part of it. Would you say that it's it's an evolution of the game or just a variation of the game? So is it a step forward or is it a kind of a sidestep? So it's, I'm not saying it's, it's not a bad thing, but is it just a, another version of the game or is it kind of a, a, a good step forward for the genre? Oh, I, I no, I know exactly what you mean. I think that um, this is not... I, I don't think that this is how the game is going to look you know, permanently going forward. I genuinely think that for quite a lot of people, this is going to be um, a variation on the theme. Like this is going to be, right, we've done all the exit games, absolutely love them. We want a new challenge. And this is, you know, and this is it. Because some of the things that they actually do with the jigsaw puzzles are stunning. Even though we were at a bit of a, a general mental slump, and I think that's you know, because we are new parents, we don't have a lot of time. This was, I think this was generally a bit energy sapping. There were moments where we were, you know, sitting on the edge of our seats, looking at each other going, I can't believe they've, like the ingenuity, the 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 literal engineering that has gone into making these jigsaw puzzles is staggering and is mind-blowing. The things that the things that you have to do actual manipulating the jigsaws themselves in order to solve to solve certain puzzles it's not the jigsaw isn't just a it isn't just a treasure map it is a physical tactile mechanic in order to solve the puzzles and i think for a lot of people that's going to be what what is the draw is having these jigsaws on the table and knowing that it's not just a static image that it is going to come to life in some way to solve to solve a puzzle and move the story forward is it is it like a kind of the 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 reaction you obviously had to it is it like the first time when you're playing the exit games because i mean i love absolutely love the exit games is it like the first time you realize that the puzzle is also on the box that it comes in when you have that realization oh what yeah when when we put it out we thought i i thought that the jigsaws were just there to be like, well, you, you're doing the escape room, but also there's a, there's a nice jigsaw, which is a bit of a nice puzzle, isn't there? That's what I thought they were, but there is a there is a general there is a a reason why there are jigsaws there, and they play a part in the puzzle solving. You would not be able to solve puzzles without building the jigsaws beforehand. That's cool. That's really cool. And I do say, and I and I will just reiterate that I think your mileage may vary. Like Tom Vassell, um, 
gave this a glowing review on the Dice Tower, and I and I genuinely think like, and I was saying this to Chris, I genuinely think like if the situation, if the situation suited it, this is a lovely way to spend an afternoon, and it's a really nice sort of focal piece um, around a table and this is the kind of thing that I'd love to come back to in a, maybe a couple of years time when I've got more mental and time capacity to to afford to this kind of thing because I was blown away by qu- by what it was doing with with the humble Jiggy um, <laughs> my favourite 1980s uh, Californian rapper <laughs> humble Jiggy but yeah, it's if if you if you have liked and love the Exit Game series, and you know now we are facing a bit more of a future where we are allowed to go away together with groups, small groups, maybe even on your own. Then this is a this is a, a variation on the theme that I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of enjoyment and surprise out of. Which you know this long into the Exit series that they're still surprising and innovating and willing to do something that um, is so different is um, pretty brilliant. That was another episode of Staying In with Peter Willington, Sam Turner, Daniel Frost and myself, Chris Darby. Thank you for listening, as always, till the end. For those who are here, hello. Uh, There's no kind of surprises or post-credit stings here, just some usual public service announcements. If you want to email us at all, ask a question, comment, say, oh, I disagree with your review of football, Pete. Drop us an email at stayinginpod at gmail.com or alternatively through our social feeds um, at stayinginpod has you covered for our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages depending on uh, your preferences there. Uh, Me personally, um, who's getting into the whole idea of being a games uh, master, a GM. Um, if there's any kind of RPGs that are quite story-focused that you think I'd be interested in, uh, do uh, let us know because it's something that I have found has really, really suited me and I've really enjoyed Blades in the Dark. And also as well, if any of you have tried any of the other um, RPGs using the kind of the Blades um, style of play, uh, do let us know as well because I'm having so much fun with it. I really am. And um, I'd love to kind of keep that momentum going by finding out about um, other RPGs of a similar ilk, really. I think that's it. I think we're done here, aren't we? I think we're done. Um, obviously, Board Game Geek Curation page for all the kind of board game stuff. So the Exit game will be appearing on there. Our Steam curation page has the digital content covered also, those kinds of games. I think that's it. I don't want to keep you here too long. You're busy, you know. I appreciate you being here. And, yeah, I'll see you in two weeks. Have a lovely rest of your day and uh, speak soon. Take care. Bye.